Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. Welcome to the Richard Serrett Show on News Talk Saga 960 AM. Hey, uh, a quick programming note. Alan Dershowitz was supposed to be on the program today. He had to reschedule, but he will be here, I'm uh, I'm told, next Tuesday, May the 11th at 5.30. I blame Lou Skeezus. He said something yesterday around after 5 o'clock. Maybe he scared him off. Uh, Just kidding. Uh, We'll talk about that later. Apologies. uh, It couldn't be avoided. But uh, not to worry. We still have a great show for you today. Uh, These next two hours are what we call an appointment tune. That's what we say in the radio business, an appointment tune. And this this program is basically Radio Free Canada, right? We don't serve up pablum here. We push back. Uh, So I've managed to stumble across what I think is the perfect German word of the day. It was quite by accident. And there's probably a German word for that. But it was uh, literally the first word that showed up in my search engine. I typed in funny German words or German insults. And and there it was. And I'm not going to tell you what it is right now. Uh, that would spoil the bit. But it's it's amazing the synchronicities at play here. And it's a word. It's a word we all need to press into service, especially whenever we're confronted by people who won't stand up for the truth or they simply cave. You know, these people, they simply cave rather than do the right thing. And, um, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult to do the right thing. It's difficult to speak the truth. Freedom is not for the meek or the passive. Uh, It needs to be fought for every day or it's gone as we are uh, witnessing firsthand. Sorry to say. So stay tuned for the German word of the day. Then 
you can take it home to your family and practice it in front of the mirror so that it's it's ready to go when you need it most. So I mentioned this because I have some friends and acquaintances and even a few extended family members who are slowly waking up to what's going on. And I'll tell you, it's a remarkable thing to witness. It's a little like, I don't know, watching a rare tropical flower that only blooms once every 26 and a quarter years and you see it open up. It's amazing. Like, you know, witnessing wolves being born in the wild or an unassisted triple play. Anyway, I'm seeing it more and more. People are realizing, hopefully it's not too late, they're being played, that we're being lied to, that we are not all in this together and that we're in fact uh, ruled by a confederacy of dunces, a clown posse. So, uh, and, and it's time to stop just going along to get along. It's time to speak the truth and to stand up for what's right, even if it's unpopular. And, and quite frankly, uh, that's the only reason I do the show. Lord knows it's not for the money. Uh, I need to do more than just stick a sign on my front lawn. You know, one day, many years from now, my grandchildren will say, Papu, what did you do during the war? I mean, the pandemic. And I, and I don't want to tell them I double masked up and crawled into a fetal position and hid under my bed. This is all I have to offer. I run my mouth. I know it ain't much, but it's all I've got. So I've been railing against the lies of the uh, the climate alarmists for about 20 years on the radio in the city. And of course, now I have a tremendous ally on this program in Tony Heller. He joins us every Wednesday. He's the founder of realclimatescience.com, and he's much brighter than I, uh, much more eloquent. Uh, but what's amazing to me is that many people aren't quite there yet in terms of connecting the dots that, that many of the same people who want you to shut up, get on your knees, take a jab, are the same people pushing this doomsday scenario of global warming. Have you noticed this? Please notice it before it's too late. And I've talked about this, maybe not on this show, but on my Sunday show on Zoomer Radio. COVID, it's real. It's real, obviously. People are dying. It's serious. But it's a beta test. It can be, it can be two things at once. It's a beta test. So the political class and their collaborators in the media elite class, they want to see how far we can be pushed around, how much we'll put up with for the next time, the next time. And the next time they'll think of another reason to lock us down. And that next time has to do with climate change. You wait. I'm telling you this now, write it down. So uh, Max Bernier, he gets it. And he's going to join me in the second hour to discuss this. Climate change will be the next excuse to lock down. And then after that, some other crazy left, left idea. Lock us in our homes until they can do what they need to do. Move the furniture around, I guess. Uh, remember Pastor Arthur Pawlowski, uh, that video of him chasing armed Calgary police out of his church during Easter? It was viewed over a billion times. And he just remains defiant. He won't bend. In a court in Calgary last week, they issued a warrant for his arrest. So we'll get an update. Arthur Pawlowski is in our feature guest slot today. Caitlyn Jenner, former Olympian Caitlyn Jenner, formerly Bruce Jenner, former husband of Kris Jenner, uh, keeping up with the Kardashians, you know, the family. Anyway, Caitlyn is running for governor of California. Uh, there is going to be a recall. It's probably inevitable. Gavin Newsom will be recalled and there'll be an election. And she's actually uh, she's pretty conservative. Does she have a chance, though? That's the question. Uh, Dylan Howard is the former editor of the National Enquirer and another uh, an author of a, a new unauthorized biography of Chris Jenner called Dirty Sexy Money. And he'll be here to discuss Caitlyn Jenner's political aspirations. 
Patrick Coffin. Wow, what a cool name. Patrick Coffin. Uh, he's a blogger, a podcaster, speaker, conservative uh, Catholic influencer. And uh, he's organized. Um, it's a summit, basically. Uh, Truth Over Fear, featuring a lot of, um, of speakers. The Truth Over Fear, COVID-19 and the Great Reset Online Summit. And he joins me later this hour. And you know what? I think I'm going to stop right there because it, it's beginning to be too much, right? You're starting to fill up. It's uncomfortable. You got to loosen your belt. It's like when you go to one of those diners just off the interstate in the U.S. Have you done this? You go in there, you order something off the menu, and they bring it to you on a platter. And you say, oh, is that for the whole table? No, that's for you, sir. That's your portion. And, uh, you, you know, the waitress. They, and you notice the waitresses are always named Rosie. Anyway, that's your portion. That's too much food. So this is like one of those diners. And I'm your waitress, Rosie. So be sure to uh, to tip your waitress, folks. Uh, by the way, Lou, what do you tip? 15, 20, or 25 percent? I'm uh, 20 percent consistent, 30 percent on excellent service. Ah, all right. Uh, well, zero for bad service. Right. Well, you have to send that signal, right? You've got to train them. Otherwise, well, I, I mean, I, you know, it's, uh, I used to go to a series of restaurants regularly and they always gave me great service. Right. Uh, but, you know, when you're in for the first time, they don't know you, you know, you'll see how they perform. But let me tell you, service staff hanging around, chatting with each other and you're waiting for some service. They're not getting anything. Right. Right. No, you, you, you must, you, uh, you just can't, again, you can't go along uh, to get along, right? You've, it, you gotta, you gotta be willing to give them that bitter medicine if they don't deliver on the service. A lot of yeah, people are and, too afraid to do not, that. And it's not good for the business. Like I owned a restaurant when I was younger. Okay. And um, you know, the, uh, the service staff, mostly waitresses, that hustled made the most money. And the ones that complained, you know, were sitting around, not looking after their customers, not suggestion uh, selling and so on. You know, I mean, you got to know what to do, right? And I asked uh, a friend of mine, Karen Gordon, who always tipped out the most. And I said, what was the secret? And she said, asking if they wanted dessert. Ah, there you go. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know you owned a restaurant. Well, I did when I was younger. It started out, out as a restaurant, Richard, and ended up as uh, Calgary's first comedy club. Wow. Were you the headliner? No, I uh, I was just making sure the doors stayed open. You know uh, what I mean? <laughs> and what kind of fare? What, what, what were you serving? Well, it was a deli, right? It was okay. a New York style deli. So it was mostly sandwiches, soup and that sort of thing. But the key was entertainment uh, comedy on Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. And, uh, you know, having a liquor license didn't hurt, right? <laughs> I can't wait. I can't yes. wait. Yeah, it reminds me of that uh, Johnny Carson uh, restaurant he used to attend, Vinnie Abruzzi's Little Touch of Newark. <laughs> All right. Hey, I'm sure it was delicious. Yes, delicious. Are you ready for the German word of the day, my friend? Bring it on, baby. All right. I told people this is a, this is a good one. Take it home, workshop it, memorize it, and uh, pull it out when it's appropriate. The German word of the day is Hosenscheisser. Hosenscheisser. You know what that means, Lou? Uh, well, uh, Scheisser, I, I kind of get. Yes, yes. It, so. it's, I'll give you the literal translation, but I'm going to clean it up a little bit because it's a German insult, a trouser pooper. 
That's the literal translation, a trouser pooper, but really what it means is coward. A coward. Hosenscheisser. There you go. Well, I like that one. And, you know, I really, like, in the number of weeks we started the feature, German Word of the Day, your pronunciation has improved so much. Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you noticed. I've been working on it. (laughs) Well, I know. I can tell. And I love watching you because I have you on Zoom, you know, as you pronounce it, you know, the way you're phrasing it. You know, it's like Sinatra at the microphone. (laughs) Sinatra. Yes. Sinatra. Indeed. All right. We will uh, we will uh, group together again at five o'clock, Lou, for a little news not in the news. Okay, saddle up, baby. Happy capitalism. All right. Spoken like a true Calgarian. Saddle up, baby. All right. Are we facing another permanent lockdown for every problem the crazy left wants to solve? Are climate change lockdowns next? Wait till you hear this when fact check this rolls around on The Richard Serrett Show. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. All right, a little earlier, I was uh, telling you, uh, kind of issuing a warning, and, and this is this is just not me saying this. I mean, the 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 uh, the hints are out there; they're everywhere for those who uh, with ears to hear, as they say, and eyes to see. So th- the idea here is that uh, right now we're being locked down for COVID, but you know, and there'll be another one around the corner, and some other excuse around the corner, and uh, it's climate change. That's where we're heading. There'll, there'll be lockdowns for climate change. And if you think I'm uh, crazy, have a listen to this. This is an op-ed piece that was published by Market Watch, and uh, the group behind it is uh, that published this is uh, called Project Syndicate out of London. Uh, as COVID-19 spread earlier this year, governments introduced lockdowns in order to prevent a public health emergency from spinning out of control. In the near future, the world may need to resort to lockdowns again. This time, wait for it, to tackle a climate emergency. And there it is. Shifting Arctic ice, raging wildfires in western U.S. states and elsewhere, and methane leaks in the North Sea are all warning signs that we're approaching a tipping point on climate change when protecting the future of civilization will require dramatic interventions under a climate lockdown. A climate lockdown. There it is. Governments would limit private vehicle use, ban consumption of red meat, and impose extreme energy-saving measures while fossil fuel companies would have to stop drilling. To avoid such a scenario... We must overhaul our economic structures and do capitalism differently. Sounds a lot like the Great Reset, right? COVID-19 is itself a consequence of environmental degradation. What? All right. All right. Try and suppress laughter here. COVID-19 is itself a consequence of environmental degradation. One recent study dubbed it the disease of the Anthropocene. Uh, Moreover, climate change will exacerbate the social and economic problems highlighted by the pandemic. These include government's diminishing capacity to address public health crises, the public sector's limited ability to withstand sustained economic disruption and pervasive social inequity. Ah, there it is. Social inequity. So. Here it is. They're telling us. All right. First, they float the idea in op-ed pieces and publications like Market Watch. You'll see increasingly this kind of rhetoric ramped up. So every time the left, the crazy left, has some agenda that they need to push through, because understand they have a complete contempt 
for you and for you and me. They have a complete and utter disregard for democracy. It's an inconvenience. It's an inconvenience. It gets in the way. It gets in the way of their agenda. So the next crazy idea they have that they want to institute, they'll lock us down. And of course, it's for our own good. Isn't that always the way? And we'll be told. We're all in this together. Okay, this is this is the beginning. This is the beginning. Now we're, we're they're floating these ideas. And you're going to hear, I promise you, you're going to hear more of this time and time again. If we don't do this and this and this, we're going to have to lock you down again. Otherwise, it's doomsday. Have their models ever been right? No. Just like with the, the pandemic models out of the Imperial College of London. Thank you very much, Neil Ferguson. Has never been right once with COVID. Went through the same madness with mad cow disease. Do you remember Neil Ferguson? He had models for that too. Was he even close? Not even in the ballpark. But we keep going back to this trough. The same guy. The same number cruncher coming up with these models which simply are wrong. And the modeling for climate change. Wrong. We just spoke with Tony Heller yesterday in this this brand new survey that they've just published in Nature about glaciers, the mass in glaciers, the melting of glaciers. Oh, but wait, conveniently, they left out the the, the, the 99% of the world's glaciers, which are in Greenland and Antarctica. They conveniently left those two out. So they looked at 1% of the world's glaciers and concluded they're melting at an alarming rate. So be prepared now. They're going to start ramping this up. And I'm telling you this now so that you'll be forewarned and forearmed and so that you know that this is a bunch of hooey and a bunch of nonsense. They're going to play this same game, the same scheme on us again and again and again. And so while COVID is real, it has provided a wonderful opportunity. Isn't that what Christia Freeland said? A wonderful political opportunity, a window of opportunity. What was she talking about? This, this is what she was talking about. Lockdowns as a weapon in their arsenal, the arsenal of the crazy left to do whatever the hell they want to do. Are we going to allow this to happen again? Am I going to be sitting here in three years saying, I told you so? It doesn't have to be this way. We know, we know this is their MO. Now just be alert and watch for it. Be alert and watch for it. And remember the German word of the day, use it liberally. All right. When we come back, the uh, the host of the Patrick Coffin Show is uh, is going to join us to talk about a uh, an online summit called Truth Over Fear. We'll have that uh, conversation in about three minutes. The bull session continues on the Richard Serrett Show News Talk Saga nine sixty a.m. 
Hey, Richard Serrett here, along with Dr. Cass Ingram, author of 30 books on natural healing. Cass, let's talk about a product my family and I have been using for years, the Oregano P73 for immune support. That's a good one. That's going to be mountain-grown wild oregano up to 12,000 feet, then extracting that with steam. And that's the most powerful germ killer known in immune support. So if there's one thing you got to do, it's the Oregano P73, and boom, you get the benefit. And what are some of the benefits? Well, you've got the bacteria, viruses, parasites, and fungus. Knock those down. Immune system, white blood cells, more active. And you can take this every day just so you don't get sick. Why not? One product, one big benefit. Thanks, Cass. North American Urban Spice Oregano P73 available in local health food stores across the GTA. Or you can order online at oregano.com. That's O-R-E-G-A-N-O-L O-R-E-G-A-N-O-L oregano.com All right, welcome back. Truth over fear. It's a summit, a three-day online gathering of 40 frontline doctors, scientists, attorneys, researchers, and journalists who will share invaluable and eye-opening insights into the truth behind the headlines. COVID-19, the rushed vaccine, the Great Reset. Uh, this is the stuff that big tech doesn't want you to hear about. And uh, the uh, the organizer joins us now. Patrick Coffin is a, a Nova Scotia-born author, podcaster, speaker. He's the host of The Patrick Coffin Show. Uh, which features interviews with influencers, commentary about culture and tools for transformation. Well, I think we have a lot in common. Uh, for nearly eight years, Patrick hosted the top rated Catholic radio show in America, Catholic Answers Live and the podcast Catholic Answers Focus. PatrickCoffin.media is the website. Patrick, welcome aboard. How are you? I'm great, Richard. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. My pleasure. So just uh, give us a few more details about Truth Over Fear Summit. Now, this was this is rescheduled. It was kind of bumped offline the last time, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I feel like starting this one, which uh, begins tomorrow with the, the words before we were so rudely interrupted. Uh, hmm. The the company uh, that's going to become famous for reasons they would prefer not. It's Kartra, K-A-R-T-R-A. They let this summit go five and a half hours before they pulled the plug and, and yanked the entire summit off the internet. No explanation, no prior warning. Uh, it's the second summit that we had um, by the same title. The first one was the last weekend in October and that went off without a hitch. So we decided to sign up with them again. And uh, this time someone got to them or they, they just decided to, to, uh, to drop the mask and reveal themselves as another woke big tech company, but we rallied super fast and we've been pulling, <laughs> my gosh, absurdly long hours between last week and, and this week to make it happen again, exactly seven days later. So everything's the same. It's restorethaculture.com. And now people get to find out what uh, big tech doesn't want them to learn about what's happening in the, around the world in plain sight. Right. So um, just give us the particulars again. It's uh, how do people sign up uh, and the exact dates and hours and so forth? Yes, it's uh, 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon uh, Eastern tomorrow. That's May 7th, 8th and 9th, ending on Mother's Day. The registration page, you can watch the whole thing for free at restorethaculture.com. That's restorethaculture.com. Nothing's changed. All, all the speakers who do live stream sessions to answer your questions are agreed to do the exact same uh, schedule seven days later. So nothing has changed. You can see the lineup of speakers really uh, Richard, a, a strangely wide array of people from Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to Archbishop Carla Maria Vigano to Vera Sharav, who's a 90-year-old Nazi camp survivor. And uh, Vera's the kind of voice they don't want people here paying attention to because Vera lost her family in the Third Reich camps 
And she has a very powerful message about how this is an echo of that, except that it's worse. So Vera is our final speaker on Sunday. Um, we're talking like really uh, top flight MDs, attorneys, two Canadians, by the way, Dr. Roger Hodkinson from Edmonton. Yes. And the attorney for Pastor James Coates, uh, Mr. John Carpe, outstanding uh, spokesman for sanity and balance. So I do hope people register. There's a lot of interest now thrown at it because it was banned last time around. So RestoreTheCulture.com is, uh, .com is the home of the, of the uh, summit. I, I have um, a pastor, Artur Pawlowski, coming on the program a little later. We, and we've talked before, of course, uh, the a court in Calgary yeah. just issued a, a warrant for his arrest. They didn't exercise it. So I guess he's kind of uh, uh, slipped this through at this time. But, um, you know, he, he grew up, of course, uh, behind the Iron Curtain. And I, I talked to a lot of, um, of people who emigrated to North America, Canada, the United States from Eastern Europe. They lived under tyranny. And uh, these are people now in their 70s, 80s, and and they are very worried because, you know, they've seen this movie before and they know how it ends. And um, I'm guessing that you're hearing the same sort of thing from Well, you mentioned one of your panelists will 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 be uh, will be speaking to that. But are you also hearing this from other quarters? I hear this all the time, Richard, from people who grew up in places like Slovenia and Cuba, North Korea, uh, people with um, uh, background in, in communist countries. They're saying this is the same pattern, and no, and likewise, nobody believes that it's going to get worse. Even when when uh, presidents presidents and and premiers start start talking about the dark winter, they don't mean a season, and they're not necessarily just referring to lack of light. This is this is policed state tactics. If you pay attention to what premiers of Canada and governors of many, especially Democrat states in the United States, uh, this is no longer about COVID nineteen. Richard, this is about your data. This is about controlling you and keeping you as frightened, afraid, and anxious as, as they can. The, the more frightened you are, and this is something that Vera emphasizes, the more malleable the, you are, the more manageable you become. Um, Pastor uh, Pavelski is one of my heroes, so uh, kudos for getting him. He's got a lot of people supporting and praying for him, so I'm glad you connected with him. All right. Yeah, there seems to be some, I don't know, uh, some code for these uh, sick, twisted individuals. They fear they feel like a necessity uh, to actually tell us what they're going to do before they do it. We'll uh, we'll pick this up on the other side. Uh, Patrick Coffin from the Patrick Coffin Show, the Truth Over Fear online summit back with more in a moment. Stay with us. Just having a little chin wag on the Richard Serrett Show. News Talk Saga 960 a.m. And we are back with Patrick Coffin. PatrickCoffin.media. And uh, he is organizing the Truth Over Fear Summit online. We'll give you some more details uh, just before we wrap things up with Patrick. Um, Dr. Stephen Turley is uh, a favorite of mine. I've had him on the program a number of times. And and, uh, when I'm feeling kind of down, uh, you talked about, you know, this long, dark winter. Whenever I'm feeling that closing in, I'll turn on Dr. Stephen Turley because he is so optimistic about conservatism, conservatism and, and, and the future uh, of conservatism. Do you share that optimism? Do you do you see signs that uh, conservative populism is gaining a foothold and, and will ultimately win out? Well, I've also had Dr. Turley on my show, and he's, uh, you know, what, what can you say? He's indescribably optimistic and enthusiastic. He's a great shot in the arm in the morning if you're feeling blue. Uh, I don't have his um, sang-froid uh, outlook quite so much. I, I do think that if enough people, known as we the people in every country, 
stand up to the oligarchs who are running the show. I do think it's going to have a happy ending. Um, I admire Stephen Turley immensely for his attitude of go get him where this is an unstoppable forward moving tsunami. I certainly hope he's right. Um, I guess I have more of the, uh, I won't say realist gene, but uh, call me a pessimistic optimist. I think things will work out, but maybe in the worst possible way. <laughs> right. But uh, it's it's good to keep hope alive. Um, I'm, an, I'm a database person. I like seeing life uh, through the lens of a, a juror. I like evidence. And I see a lot of evidence of lemmings who are fine complying with pretty much anything that, that um, police state leaders say. Uh, but we are getting more and more engagement from people on the fence. When your event gets banned midway through it and hauled off the internet with no no explanation, no warning. I think that's a, that's the kind of thing that gets ordinary people's attention. Folks who, they don't see themselves as activists and not particularly political in orientation, but it makes you lean in. Why, why can't adults have a free flow of information? And so right. that's why my wife and I launched Truth Over Fear, is to get the other side of the story. Here's an important point, Richard. We're not asking people who attend at RestoreTheCulture.com to agree with every conclusion of every speaker, including me. We just want people to have both sides of the equation because we're only getting one side from the uh, media, political, medical, industrial machine telling this fear porn day and night. That's how you can tell it's fraudulent. If right. it was a real pandemic, I mean, actual Ebola or the plague, we would all be self-isolating uh, and we would take the whole thing seriously because we're adults. The fact that we need reminders 24-7 that it still exists is an indication of its of the deception here. Right. And when you have people like, uh, you know, not radical, but certainly a devout, you know, a lefty like Naomi Wolf coming on side mm -hmm. and sounding the alarms, yes. that should be a wake up call to everybody. I mean, this is a big tent and, you know, uh, liberals of good conscience uh, are coming over as well. They're understanding it. The, the liberals uh, are not our, you know, are not the, the, the issue. It's the radical left that are, uh, are being duped, are useful fools. I don't know what else to call them. The foot soldiers, some of them yeah. may, may be, uh, you know, doing it with good intentions, but uh, they don't realize that they're being played. Um, just to, yeah. we just have a few minutes here. I want to make sure we get in the uh, the details for the online summit again. Just to rattle those off for us, if you could, Patrick. Sure. Uh, easy to remember. RestoreTheCulture.com. Uh, we're now the official counter summit. Uh, this is just serendipitous. We didn't plan it this way, but there's a, a fear-mongering uh, vaccine profiteering event sponsored by the Pontifical Council of Culture. So it's, you know, one side is lying to you, folks. If you want both sides of the question, sign up to RestoreTheCulture.com. And I, you made a really good point, Richard. Maybe we can close with this. This is not consider, uh, conservative versus liberal. We have Rosa Corey as a presenter. She had a, wrote a fine book called Behind the Green Mask. Her website is Democrats Against UN Agenda 21. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., you know, that iconic Democrat uh, leader. So this is all upstream from those old models of progressive versus traditionalists. We have Jews and Christians, people with no particular religious background. I'm tempted to, to just name the 40, but if you go to RestoreTheCulture.com, all the presenters and their talk titles are there. And, and I, I would look forward to as many Canadians who are, who are turning in to join us because it'll be a world-rocking bit of information they're not going to get anywhere else in one place right and this is the issue of our lifetime folks so there's no uh, no fence sitting uh you're going to get a crease in your pants and and much worse uh patrick uh thank you again the patrick coffin show patrick coffin dot media and uh boy you're right up there with uh with dr steve turley in my books i hope you'll come on again <laughs> well thank you sir
I appreciate it, Richard. Anytime. All right. When we come back, Caitlyn Jenner, the 71-year-old former Olympian, previously known as Bruce Jenner, announced she's running for governor of California. She's hoping to unseat unpopular Dem Gavin Newsom in a recall election. Author Dylan Howard, the former editor of the National Enquirer and the author of an unauthorized biography of Chris Jenner, will be here to discuss in about three minutes. Let's rejoin the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. Hey, welcome back. Caitlyn Jenner says she's running for governor because California used to be the place of the American dream, but career politicians and their policies have destroyed that dream. Here to discuss her chances of becoming the next governor of California is Dylan Howard, former editor of the National Enquirer, and his brand new book is Dirty Sexy Money, the unauthorized biography of Chris Jenner. Hey, Dylan, welcome back to the program. How are you? It's great to be with you. Caitlyn Jenner just released a political campaign ad. She's running for governor in anticipation of a a recall of Governor Newsom, which seems at this point to be inevitable. How seriously are you taking this campaign? Well, had you have asked this question of me when she announced her candidacy for the governorship, I would have told you that I was cautiously optimistic about her chances. However, this week she made a fatal error one which I believe has doomed her political campaign in that she said um, people that are transgender should not be able to play sport uh, in alignment with their uh, gender orientation, which is inconsistent with the LGBT community's views on such matters. Now, As we all know, California is a blue liberal state. Um, And though she was a GOP and is a member of the Republican Party, I believe that she would have had a groundswell of support, that she would have been able to garner a populist vote from those liberals and the LGBT community that would have put her in a viable path to the gubernatorial uh, office. However, in taking this policy misstep, I believe she has doomed all her chances because she will lose the support of the LGBT community, which is one that I think she needed in order to make a pathway into office. She's also being criticized because she said that a lot of her friends are fleeing California because they're sick of looking at the homeless. How damaging is that? Well, in, in, in fairness to her, um, the current situation about the homeless people in California is one that uh, a lot of people are uh, vocally about. I mean, the homeless problem is almost like an epidemic in California. So I don't think that necessarily will harm her chances. I think that any Republican uh, running for office in California has an uphill battle um, but for the aforementioned reasons, I believe that really she, she has no pathway to, to reaching office. How wealthy is Caitlyn Jenner? Is she able to finance this campaign on her own or does she need big donors? No, she, she, she is very wealthy um, and has been wealthy prior to her transition to Caitlyn. Um, but of course... Uh, a lot of people don't like to spend their own money on political campaigns. Um, 
so she would will have to raise money and again it's um a challenge for her now given the position that she has uh, created by ostracizing the lgbt community which would have inevitably been one of her largest donors Dirty Sexy Money, the unauthorized biography of Chris Jenner, author Dylan Howard with us here. What is the status with Caitlin and, and ex-wife Chris? Is this campaign likely to drive even a deeper wedge between them? Well, I don't think it'll drive a wedge between them. They are not simpaticos. They, for obvious reasons, don't see eye to eye. They divorced and her husband became a woman and then went on a campaign in which she criticized uh, Chris. And in doing so, she lost the sympathy and support of the Kardashian family as a whole, including uh, her birthright children, Kendall and Kylie. They've indicated privately to people that I'm aware of that they're not going to be joining her on the campaign hustings. Again, uh, dilutes her ability or a pathway to, um, to be able to get to the office because had if you reverse engineer the scenario and say if she didn't make the gap this week and she had Chris and the Kardashian support, then yes, I think she probably probably would have had a fair chance um, because that celebrity status would have catapulted her into a different stratosphere. Unfortunately, both of those don't exist. What is the most surprising thing you learned while researching Dirty Sexy Money, the unauthorized biography of Kris Jenner? In many ways, the reason I wrote that book was because it is the American dream. And Kris Jenner, with little to no formal college education, was able to build a billion-dollar business empire off the back of the men in her life. As a young girl, she dated a PGA golfer and traveled the world. Then she met Robert Kardashian, friends with OJ Simpson and Nicole Brown Simpson, and joined the ranks of Beverly Hills socialite. Then she married uh, Olympic gold medal winning star Bruce Jenner. Each man provided her a pathway to greater success. And we're seeing a, a, a bit of a habitual pattern amongst the offspring of Caitlyn and Chris and Chris and Robert Kardashian in that a lot of the men in their lives seem to have an expiration date. For example, Kanye West, married to Kim Kardashian, hurts the brand, hurts the Kardashian brand by going public with rant, um, supporting Donald Trump, and all of a sudden, his use-by date has come up. And in many ways, that symbolizes uh, exactly what the Kardashians are about. In many ways, they are black widows. Fascinating. All right, Dylan, thank you so much for your time. As always, look forward to speaking with you again. Great to be with you. Dylan Howard, former editor of the National Enquirer, investigative journalist, author of numerous bestsellers, including, including Dirty Sexy Money, the unauthorized biography of Kris Jenner. All right, Hour 2 awaits Max Bernier, Arthur Pawlowski, and more of Lou. That's Hour 2 of The Richard Serrett Show. Straight ahead. (laughs) 
The views expressed in the following program are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the views of Saga 960 AM or its management. The Richard Serrett Show continues on News Talk Saga 960 AM. All right, so this idea that they're going to open things up, they're just going to keep kicking the can down the road. Let me tell you something that kind of slipped through the cracks here. And this this was from the uh, the health minister. And I'm going to bring this up with Lou here in a moment. Uh, so uh, the health minister here in Ontario, Christine Elliott, kind of let this, she didn't let it slip, but it kind of got buried. Global News reported this, but it was like three, four paragraphs down. And this is important. So have a listen. She said, you know, you have to... You have to uh, we have to see, uh, you know, ICU admissions go down. We have to see hospitalizations go down before we'll open things up. But then that's not all she said. She also said this. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and overpolicing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. Get this now. The number of COVID-19 hospitalizations and patients in intensive care units would have to go down and and a backlog of surgeries would have to be worked through before the ban on outdoor sports and other restrictions can be lifted. Did you get that? So now it's even if even if we get, you know, this mythical unicorn called zero COVID, right? It doesn't exist. It'll never exist. We are now in an endemic stage. Okay, it's never going away. There's still. You know, they're still trying to attain the, uh, the the magical COVID zero, even if that were to happen. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and overpolicing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. She says the lockdown, the restrictions will continue because of the backlog of surgeries that'll have to be worked through. Think about that. How long will that take? How many surgeries have, you know, the backlog, will that take months? Possibly. 
Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy. So there you go. She told you everything you need to know. Uh, Max Bernier will join us this hour. I was uh, talking about how the crazy left will use these lockdowns for something else the next time they want, you know, one of their uh, crazy policy prescriptions instituted and they don't want the inconvenience of democracy. They'll just lock us down again and it'll be it'll be global warming the next time. So be ready for that. Anyway, Max Bernier will be here to discuss and also Pastor Arthur Pawlowski. Uh, Last week, a Calgary court issued a warrant for his arrest. He's defiant and uh, he'll give us an update a little bit later. But before we get to all of that gold. News, not in the news. news. Hey, Lou, what's up, my friend? Well, I was just listening to your uh, concerns about comments from Christine Elliott. Yeah, I've never been a fan of hers and even less so her uh, deceased uh, spouse. You know, so I don't expect much from this cadre. I expect that, you know, lawyers will lawyer and the rest of us will pay for it. Right. She's still getting paid. You know, all the pyramid of extortion still getting paid. So we're in lockdown. Yeah. Good luck with that. Huh? Hey, Richard, you work for yourself. How's that working for you? Oh, it's wonderful. Wonderful. But you see, no, nobody's picking up on this as far as I can tell. She told us that we're not going to be uh, lifting the restrictions. She's not going to lift the restrictions until the backlog of surgeries is over. Yeah. There you go. And, and who created the backlog and why mm. did they cre- create the backlog? Right. I mean, you know, people that have had to delay surgery have also had an effect on their general well-being. So sadly, uh, we're you know on the other side of the looking glass. You know, the Mad Hatter uh, is running around trying to find tea time. Right, and once the backlog is cleared, and who knows how long that'll uh, they'll, they'll think up something else, another excuse. All right, I want you to listen to this. This uh, is a, a new. I'm just going to play a little bit of it. A new campaign ad. The first one launched by um, uh, the uh, the former Olympian. Um, Caitlyn Jenner, she's announced that she's running for governor to replace Gavin Newsom, and uh, it's likely that he will be recalled. That seems inevitable. Let's have a listen to her campaign ad. I've always been a dreamer. California was once the envy of the world. We had what everyone else wanted. The American dream grew up here. Yet career politicians and their policies have destroyed that dream. It's been locked away closed, shuttered, left in the dark, burned down. The government is now involved in every part of our lives. 
They've taken our money, our jobs, and our freedom. California needs a disruptor, a compassionate disruptor. I came here with a dream 48 years ago to be the greatest athlete in the world. Now I enter a different kind of race, arguably my most important one yet. All right, there you go. Caitlyn Jenner, 71 years old. Uh, she hasn't announced if she's running under the Republican uh, banner, but that seems likely. She she seems to uh, be somewhat conservative. And I wanted to get your sense of, uh, you know, what, what her chances are, do you think? Well, I, I think if you look at the history of the Golden State electing uh, actors, right, going back to Ronald Reagan, he was the governor. Right. Arnie, mm-hmm. he was an actor. You know, he got elected governor. So I think the celebrity uh, factor comes into play. Now, you're saying uh, Jenner uh, could run as a Republican. But uh, again, I haven't clarified for myself whether or not you have like a primary where the Republican establishment gets behind a candidate, not a field of candidates that want to put the Republican jersey on. Right. So I think they've got to pick their champion. And, um, you know, with any kind of effort to mobilize people that are behind Caitlyn Jenner, they could win a, a, a nomination meeting for sure. Right, right. Well, she did. Uh, I, I spoke with Dylan Howard, a former editor of the National Enquirer. Yeah. And, and he seems to think that she's disqualified herself because she she says uh, that transgender individuals should not be allowed. Uh, people who, uh, you know, men, biological boys should not be allowed to compete in female sports. And he says that's going to disqualify him. I don't think so, or her rather. I don't think so. I, I don't think that's a, you know, that's going to be the litmus test. I think a lot of people actually agree with him, probably even some in the LGBT community, um, you know, and, and uh, I think people are so fed up with the situation in California. I don't think that's going to be an issue. What do you think? Well, yeah, I agree with you, Richard, and I'll tell you why. Because when you look at the uh, the factors in play with regards to transgendered women, so these are men or boys that have transit transitioned to becoming their female self. There's no way they should be on the playing field with biological women, and you know I'll stand by that to you know till my dying day. Why? It's just uh, a, a an outcome that I think uh, just marginalizes women in the pursuit of uh, uh, sports excellence. I agree. I agree. And a number of states now are coming on board and and uh, and passing legislation to prevent um, a transgendered um, individuals who identify as girls but are biological males from. From participating, so uh, I want to ask you about this because the the uh, the deadline is fast approaching. May twelfth, uh, Governor of uh, Michigan Gretchen Whitmer is going to revoke the I guess you call it a state easement uh, for the Enbridge Line Five, and um, uh, that's gonna that's gonna have obviously a potentially a major impact on our energy supplies. First of all, Line Five. What is is it? Propane? Is it natural gas? What's coming through Line Five? I think it's oil that is moving through it to the refining capacity uh, in the rest of Ontario, right? Sarnia and uh, points further east. Right, right. Montreal. I think yeah. it's crude oil. Yeah, it's something like fifty five percent of our our. Uh, you're right. It's crude oil. Fifty five percent of our crude oil each day. And 66% of Quebec's 
uh, Quebec's uh, crude oil coming through there every single day. So May 12th, that's less than a week away. Uh, you know, what are the possible impacts here? Well, I mean, you can uh, estimate that should you cut the refining, uh, the crude oil headed to the refineries, then you're going to be drawing down on whatever inventory of refined products, right? We don't use crude oil. We use refined products. So if the refineries can't get new raw material in, they can't produce diesel. They can't produce gasoline. They can't produce jet fuel. And uh, they also cannot produce uh, asphalt to resurface the roads, right? So if you look at a barrel of crude, you're trying to add value through the refining process. So I say bring it on. The sooner we get it done, the sooner, you know, we'll see cracks in the insanity clause. Why do I say that? You start getting people in Ontario, Quebec, and the Maritimes all backed up all backed up and, uh, you know, lining up around the block to try and get a couple of drops of gasoline, they're going to demand change for sure. So in other words, it's going to, things are going to have to hit rock bottom before we actually get any change. It's going to have to, we're going to have to really like what freeze in the dark here, I suppose, or uh, maybe not freeze. I mean, it's the summertime. So you're going to park, you know, I mean, let's face it. Our cars are parked right now anyway. Right. Where's there to go? Who's there to see? You know, like I got a set of wheels that, you know, I hardly move. I, the only reason I move it is to make sure I don't damage the machinery by not running it. Right. You need to get in your car and, you know, run it around the block is enough. A little further might be better. So, uh, you know, and having lived through the oil embargo, uh, of the 70s, two times uh, while resident of New York State, um, I can tell you that once you line people up to buy an essential product with no substitution other than a bicycle, uh, you're going to find voter anger coming out like you've never seen. All right. Well, uh, as I say, less than a week away, we shall see what happens. Thank you, Lou, and we'll uh, chat tomorrow. Can't wait, Richard. Happy capitalism. All right. When we come back, Mad Max, the leader of the People's Party of Canada, uh, will uh, come with a warning, basically, that in the near future, the world may need to restart a lockdown again, this time for a climate emergency. That conversation just minutes away. Stay with us. Continuing with the conversation, this is The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. Hey, welcome back. Learn how to access the subconscious mind at the Hypno Healing Institute of Toronto, and you can help others achieve success, eliminate bad habits, and build better relationships. You can be trained to be a consulting hypnotist in just 100 hours online by registered psychotherapist and award-winning board-certified hypnotherapist, Debbie Papadakis. Gain the knowledge to help yourself and others. Hypno-healing.com. 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 A recent op-ed piece in Market Watch by Mariana Mazzucato writes, In the near future, the world may need to resort to lockdowns again, this time to tackle a climate emergency. Now do you see where this is headed, ladies and gentlemen? Here to discuss is uh, the Honorable Max Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada. Max, welcome back. 
Thank you very much, Richard. I'm very pleased to be with you today. So uh, you, you read this article, obviously, and, uh, and you wrote, this is what's coming, perpetual lockdowns for every problem the far left crazies want to solve. I mean, they, they tell us in advance what they plan on doing. And then somehow, you know, we're surprised and shocked and angry when they actually do what they say they're going to do. How do we help people make the connection so that, you know, there doesn't have to be a next time? Yeah, we don't want a next time. That's why uh, I'm fighting lockdowns right now uh, against COVID-19. And yes, the, the leftists, the radical leftists are saying maybe in the near future to solve our challenges that we have in this world, we need more lockdowns, uh, lockdowns for climate change. So no, you won't be able to, uh, to travel with your car or by airplane because, you know, there's too many uh, CO2 in the air. It's crazy. And I think the most the most we are speaking about that, and I think people will understand that leftist solutions are not any solution for the challenge that we're having right now. The best example we shared is for the lockdowns. After 13 months, we know if you look at the data in the states that lockdown states and unlockdown states, it's about the same thing, same, same result at the end. Right. You know, the problem I see, Max, though, is I look at the polls and it, it seems uh, it's very discouraging, but the majority of Canadians seem to be on board with these lockdowns. Many would even uh, like to see even stricter lockdowns. Many uh, people have indicated that they are in favor. The majority are in favor of vaccine passports. Many people in this country would like to see uh, people that they perceive as spreading false information about COVID to be thrown in jail. So we have a culture problem here. How do we how do we change the culture? You're absolutely right. We are in an era of socialism right now. And actually, the fear is out there. And I think governments, the provincial governments and the federal government was uh, were very, uh, very efficient to uh, spread fears among Canadians uh, concerning COVID-19. And in Quebec, actually, right now, there's more people that are asking the premier of Quebec for more lockdowns, and they think that it will be the solution. But people must understand, you cannot have... Oh, did we lose That's Max? So oh, Sorry, you cut out there, Max. Uh, could you... Um, you were talking about the premier of Quebec, and they're asking him for more lo lockdowns, stricter lockdowns. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, look what, what is happening right now in Alberta. So I don't understand why we are the only political party at the federal level that is fighting against these draconian lockdowns. Um, people, uh, may, may, maybe the opposition, the conservatives, uh, they want to be in government and they know that there's a big, big majority of Canadians that like these lockdowns and they're, they're not speaking against that. But, you know, it's not in line with our society. It's not in line with our Canadian values. Essentially, what we have right now is a one party state. I mean, that is I guess that's Justin Trudeau's, uh, you know, fantasy, right? Because he has such fondness for the communist Chinese regime. Well, he's pretty well. He pretty well has it. We have a one party state. We don't have a true opposition. Um, and I know you're a realist. You, you, you've said, you know, you don't expect to be the prime minister in June, July 2022. Um, but a lot of people uh, that that agree with you, agree with me. We look south to uh, Florida. We look at Governor Ron DeSantis, who just seems to be, you know, ticking all the boxes and doing all of the right things. And we're saying, where is our Ron DeSantis? Uh, if if you were in power, 
you know, let's say there's a miracle, a Hail Mary, and you're the prime minister. Are you going to, would you state on this program that you would make vaccine passports, either a government issue or uh, a private companies demanding vaccine passports? Would you make that illegal? Absolutely. I'll do like the governor of Florida. Uh, I don't believe in a vaccine passport. It won't solve anything. But at the end, you also will create a society with two kinds of citizens, the vaccinated one and the unvaccinated one. So the vaccinated one will have privileges. They will be able to go to a hockey game or a baseball game, but the unvaccinated one won't be able. So we will create a society like, uh, show me your papers, you know, show me your papers if you want to come to that uh, restaurant. And I think what the governor is in Florida is doing right now is the right thing. No COVID passport and, and the government won't ask for any COVID passport and also is saying that the private sector won't be allowed to ask for a COVID passport. So that's the solution and that's in line with our respecting our freedoms and respecting our charter of rights. All right, Max, always appreciate it. You always make yourself available and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm very appreciative of that. Thank you so much. Thank you, Richard. Have a nice day. All right, Max Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada. All right, when we come back, Pastor Artur Palowski uh, will join us last week. The uh, Calgary courts issued a warrant for his arrest. We'll get an update that's uh, coming up next on the Richard Sarah Show. Stay with us. This is New Sox Saga 960 AM, and this is the Richard Serrett Show. Hey, welcome back. And if you're just tuning in, looking for uh, Alan Dershowitz, who was scheduled for today, he will be on the program next Tuesday. That's May 11th, 530. Mark it on your calendar. Alan Dershowitz on this program, Tuesday, May 11th, 530. All right, a pastor in Alberta, Canada, Reverend Arthur Pawlowski, gained national and international attention after a video of him uh, throwing Calgary police out of his parish went viral, over a billion views. Now the authorities, well, they've issued a warrant for his arrest and uh, they're trying to close his church down. And uh, he joins us for an update. Pastor Palowski, how are you? Good, how are you? Very well, thank you. So let's have an update. Last week, a Calgary court issued a warrant for your arrest. What is your status right now? Are you a fugitive from the law? No, what happened after that video that was watched over a billion times of me telling the officers to get out from the place of sanctuary, I told them to come back with the warrant. So what they did, they went secretly to the judge and behold, the judge's name is David Gates, just like Bill Gates, maybe they are family. And based on a secret affidavit, first of all, we never had a chance to examine that witness. We never had a chance to counterattack this order. Uh, we never had a chance to meet with the judge and the other party. They did all of that in secret without us knowing what was going on. And they got this judge to issue them an order that I can be arrested anytime, anywhere, and they don't need a warrant to arrest me. 
or anybody else that would dare to stop them from infringing on our rights protected by the Criminal Code of Canada, Section 176. In other words, the judge says, I don't care about the orders, I, I don't care about the Criminal Code, I'm giving you, I'm God, I'm giving you the rights to do anything you want and you can use any force you deem necessary to, to do it. Uh, they could, they can come to the church from 8 in the morning to 8 p.m., anytime, any day, with whomever they wish. They could come to your house, I suppose, yes. and take you in the middle of the night. Yes, yes. The judge grants them that power, and they don't need a warrant to break the door of my house and arrest me uh, in the middle of the night. That's why I call them Gestapo. That's why I call them the KGB, communist fascists, because their tactics are identical to the tactics of the fascists uh, at the very beginning. They're not shooting as yet. They're doing that in Colombia. I don't know if you hear what's going on. They're murdering people on the streets in Colombia. I guess that's what's coming here unless we will rise up. They sent a SWAT team to your church in Calgary. Yes, they did. The SWAT team shows up. That's a gang suppression team. And they demanded to come in to the church. We've told them no. And they left after a while. They left only to come back half hour later when I was already officiating the church in the middle of the sermon. They showed up and my associate pastor, Peter Riker, stopped them at the door and he told them, what are you doing? You're breaking the law in the name of the law. And uh, we have a church service. You're not allowed to do this. And after a few minutes of interaction, they finally left only to hammer me with an AHS order to comply or they're going to fence off the church and they'll change the locks like they did to Pastor Coates in Edmonton. Uh, They are threatening to shut down the entire building and put the locks and chains, maybe fence off. So that's the medical tyranny we have to deal here. Uh, While at the same time, you can go with your whole church to Costco, and that's absolutely no problem. You can go to Ikea, you can go to Walmart and do whatever you want over there, shoulder to shoulder. There are huge lineups at Costco, like people next to each other, and that's okay. And the mosques, we have mosques here in the city of Calgary. And someone sent me pictures of packed parking lot uh, of the mosque here in the city of Calgary. No police, no harassment, no child inspectors, no bylaw officers, no tickets. Uh, Actually, at this moment, we have never heard of even one imam receiving or one Muslim receiving a COVID ticket. It's all Christians and Jews that are being targeted right now in Canada. Right, right. And I'm sure, I'm sure on the one hand, you know, this is, this is hypocritical, but on the other hand, I'm, I'm sure you're happy that Muslims can attend their services. Of course, I am for freedom for all. And that's the beauty about democracy, that we can worship our God as free people, and they have that same right. I have always been saying that anyone, you know, should be free to practice as long as you're not harming people, you know, with hate or or um, any other thing, you should be free to um, to express your views and worship your God as you please. All right, we'll uh, take a quick time out, uh, Pastor Pawlowski, stay put, and we'll come back and talk some more. Back with more of The Richard Serrett Show, right after this. Back to the conversation on The Richard Serrett Show, News Talk, Saga, 960 AM. 
Pastor Artur Parolowski stays with us. So last week, they issue a warrant for your arrest by any means necessary. This week now, the AHS is, uh, says it's weighing its legal options. It sounds like they blinked maybe back down a little bit. What is your sense? Like, they could still arrest you at any point, but they haven't. No, I, I actually right now, they're, they cannot arrest me. I mean, they can make up other stories, but that order gave them that opportunity and they didn't use that opportunity. So right now they cannot do it anymore because I opened the doors. They chose not to enter the building last Saturday and um, they've lost that opportunity. There's no way that the judge is going to look at this favorably for them if they would come back a few weeks later while I open the doors and I say, hey, you want to come in and inspect the facility, come. Um, so that's off the table. Now, right now they're using another tactic of putting a chain on the building or a fence around the church. So what we're doing this church service that's coming uh, the day after tomorrow, we're going to meet outside of the church's door and we're going to do church as a protest and um, we'll have worship and prayer. So we'll see what the authorities are going to say, say to that. And the following week, I'm taking the whole church at the headquarters of the AHS here in the city of Calgary. So if they're shutting down our churches, I'll have a church in front of their windows. And uh, let me get you to respond to this because I think it was the Calgary Sun that was reporting that some neighbors of the church were complaining that members of your congregation were intimidating them or threatening them if they reported on the church. Could you respond to that accusation? Well, it's a fabricated lie. The neighbors are homosexual activists, very well known. And if you know my story, I have been attacked for many years with the slander of being a homophobe, xenophobe, Islamophobe, you name it, white supremacist, racist, and my, half of my congregants are colored people from all over Jamaica, Africa, from China. We have Asian people, we have natives, uh, uh, Americans here, and um, the neighbors, we just moved to the church three months ago, and we had zero interactions with the neighborhood because Calgary is a very cold city, and we had a big, long snaps of cold and winter. So we come in, lock the door, and do our thing, and then after we go out, we only rent that facility, it's not our building, for three hours on Saturday every week. So um, they're lying because they have nothing on us. Our building was smeared with dog manure. Our uh, handles to, to the church were smeared with some other substances. Our sidewalk was painted, uh, vandalized by, by those people. Um, and the, the tactic is when they attack us, they are crying that they're the victims. They're crying that it's us attacking them. I don't know those people. I had no interactions with those people. And so our uh, parishioners, uh, you know, we are planning to do barbecues for the neighborhood. And maybe then we will meet some of them, but we just moved to that facility. We have absolutely no idea who lives there, except this Saturday, they came with uh, a music blaster to interrupt with our church service and they put all over their property homosexual and transgender flags so that shows me that those people are homosexual activists 
So, you know, that's the tactics. I um, I received a phone call from Calgary Herald and Sun because that's one owner, even though there are two names, it's, it's one owner. And I explained the situation to the person that called me, but they don't care. The mainstream media are only interested in smear campaign against anyone that dares to oppose the lockdowns, anyone that dares to oppose their liberal thinking. And again, I'm a pastor, a Christian. I do believe in the entire Bible, not just half of the Bible. All right, we'll take one final time out and come back and continue the conversation. Artur Pawlowski stays with us right here on Saga 960. Don't go away. You're listening to The Richard Serrett Show on Newstalk Saga 960 AM. We're back with Pastor Artur Pawlowski in Calgary. If they chain and lock the doors of your church, will you then go underground and hold services in private homes? What will you do? No, I'm not going to go underground. I'm going to host uh, the church services in the outdoors, like I have been doing for the past uh, 20 years. We have a church called Street Church. That's where we feed the homeless people, thousands of them a week. And I am outside evangelizing and uh, hosting, uh, holding church services four times a week. So I'm just going to add this service um, to the pile and I'm going to be moving from place to place to put the pressure on the government and like I said not this Saturday but the next one I'm going to do a church service in front of the of the health uh, facility just to put the pressure on them and say hey if you're shutting out churches we will be doing church uh, everywhere we'll go to Costco or we will go to Walmart if Walmart is allowed to congregate well let's have a church over there what if if uh, AHS sat down with you and said, "Okay, listen, if your if your uh, um, parishioners will wear masks, and if we can maybe limit uh, limit the capacity of the church, I don't know, thirty uh, percent, would you be willing to negotiate?" No. No, in my Bible, it doesn't say that I am to turn anyway, uh, anyone away when that person is coming for my help. That's ridiculous. I am a frontline uh, worker. I assist people when they are at the lowest, when there is a crisis, when people are dying. I'm not going to be turning people away if they're coming to me to save their lives. That's absolutely unacceptable. Historically speaking, the clergymen were always the frontliners essential services during the conflicts, during the wars, during the plagues, and I will continue to do what I'm called to do, just like the police officers, the doctors, the nurses, we should continue to do what we're called to do. I am saving lives, and I'm not going to be blocking door for someone that is seeking that help. We're living right now in a very difficult times. People are suicidal, uh, people are depressed. I get phone calls every day, people crying. I'm not going to say, okay, I can help 10, but the 11th person that shows up, sorry, dude, go and die. I will not do that. If it comes to masks, I am not an enforcement agency. If you're coming to our church and if you wanna wear a mask, that's up to you. Um, people are exempt. There is a law that says you are to wear a mask unless you're medically exempt. I'm not a police officer and I'm not going to be policing people, asking them, are you exempt? Show me the document because that's against the law. Uh, so if you are coming to our church and you don't want to wear a mask, you're welcome to come because that's the law. And if you are, uh, if you want to wear one, again, 
I am not going to kick you out. That's against the law as well. You're welcome to come and worship your God as you please. Uh, your your colleague, uh, Edmonton Pastor James Coates, was jailed in a maximum security prison for a month uh, for allegedly violating the Alberta Public Health Act. Are you prepared to go to jail? And if so, for how long? Well, I have already been arrested a dozen times, so it would be nothing new for me. Uh, the government, the Muslim mayor in the city of Calgary has been hunting me down for over 10 years. Uh, so I guess there will be a revival in jail. You grew up behind the Iron Curtain. When you see what's happening now across Canada in terms of uh, churches being closed, being forced underground, pastors being jailed, what are your thoughts? What goes through your mind? It's a repetition of history. People have been apathetic for too long. They allowed this. you got to understand that there's more of us than of them. The villains are few and the masses are very powerful when the masses realize what kind of power we have. In 1981, people realized that it's 50,000 communists and 36 million Poles, and the millions took it to the streets, and it was was over for the communists. And the same thing it needs to happen here in Canada, in the United States, in any Western democracy. People have to realize what power do we possess when we come together and unite. It's up to us when this craziness is going to stop, when the lions will come and say enough, it's enough, you know, because this is what I know about evil, about bullies. Evil never stops. Bullies never stop. They need to be stopped. And it's up to the people to say to the bullies, enough, it's enough. That said, not an inch. We're rising up and we tell you no. And we tell you, get out. That's it. That's what you need to do. Every businessman, every restaurant owner, every church clergyman should say to those people, get out, get out, and no. If we would do this, in solidarity, like the Poles did in 1981, this whole insanity, because that's what it is, would be over. Uh, Pastor, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. God bless you. Pastor Arthur Pawlowski from the Fortress of Adalem Church in Calgary. All right. So the lesson here is don't be also the lesson here is, uh, you know, take your mic, mic off mute. Uh, anyway, sorry about that. Uh, the lesson here is don't be a Hosenscheisser. That was our German word of the day. It's a uh, it means trouser pooper. Don't be a coward. We've got to stand up. Uh, we have to speak the truth. And uh, everything is at stake. Everything is at stake here. All right. I'm not saying, you know, don't be careful. Don't mitigate risk. Uh, but as free people, we are best suited to mitigate our own risk. And um, these are uh, these are potentially, uh, you know, dark and gloomy days. But uh, we've got to keep the faith and uh, and just, you know, never let up, never let up speaking the truth, holding people to account. Well, that is it for me. My thanks to uh, Jody and uh, Brandon. Stellar work, as always. Couldn't do the show without you, either of you. Now, back tomorrow with Lou, the irascible and lovable one. Scott Hayward is uh, an anti-abortion activist and the co-founder of Right Now. He'll be here. Dan McTeague on the looming shutdown of Enbridge's Line 5 pipeline, um, which goes through Michigan, that supplies 55% of Ontario's crude oil every day. So that's a serious situation we need to keep our eyes on as well. And uh, it's Friday, so that's the return of the Lim Riddler, just to lighten things up a little bit and have some fun for all of you wordsmiths. The Lim Riddler, uh, the clues are announced just before the news at 5, and the big reveal and the names of the winners just before the news at 6. All right, the Bob McCowan Show is next after the news. I'll see you tomorrow at 4. Don't be late. 
Until then, I remain unbowed, unbent, unbroken. That's it. That's all. For more Richard Serrett Show, podcasts, blogs, and other stuff, go to saga960am.ca. Stop talking past each other and start talking with each other. We'll see you tomorrow afternoon at 4 on The Richard Serrett Show on News Talk, Saga 960am. Are you concerned about equality and fair treatment for African-Americans? Do you believe in a future where our communities are safe from both crime and over-policing? President Biden's administration is making major decisions, and we need your voice to be heard. The proposed ban on menthol cigarettes is in its final stages of approval, and black and brown law enforcement executives have said it could have dire unintended consequences for African-Americans. The clock is ticking. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414 and ask him to stop this proposed menthol rule. The ban on menthol could lead to an illicit market and increased crime in our communities. Call President Biden and demand that he halt the ban on menthol until there's a review of the investigative findings. Let's make sure that over-policing and racial profiling come to an end. Call President Biden at 202-456-1414. Tell him to stop targeting African-Americans with a menthol ban. Time is running out. This message is paid for by Alliance for Fair and Equitable Policy.